0: Thank you so much for tuning in to the Attack and Release Show. My name is Sam Moses. I'm with my good friend Matt Garber. And today we want to talk about how the work and the process is the reward in life over actually getting the award or fame or achievement or money or Instagram likes. And this is going to be a little... A different type of episode, but I'm pretty excited because I think the wisdom we may share could change someone's life. I'm just gonna put it out there. So Matt, I think it'll be encouraging. Yeah, are you ready to (coughs) unzip the suitcase and unpack this? (laughs) This is
1: like the sploosh part all over again. (gasps) Oh, another sploosh! Uh I'm (laughs) unzipping it.
0: Oh, God. This is getting weird. And the suitcase is now opened. Are you ready to unpack it? You can't just, like, unclip it again. No, this is a different suitcase. It's uh, just zippers. You and your luggage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You want to unpack?
1: Let's unpack it. Let's start Apparently, with- we have baggage. <laughs> that we have to unpack. Yep. <sighs> Here we go. So, Sam, the current game, at least... Via social media mm-hmm. seems to be Russian built out a vibey room so that I can <laughs> talk about things and people can ask me questions and ask me to give my two cents about things that I don't really know all that much about because I haven't been doing, say, whatever X would be for very long. And it's, I mean, I'm not going to go and host a class on mastering because. I haven't been doing this for tons of years and like decades and whatnot. It's like I haven't seen like like major label stuff and won all the awards and whatever. Not that I'm ever planning on doing that. But <clears throat> I feel like a lot of the younger crowd is kind of of the whole vibe of Russian build out this vibey room and I don't really know what all this stuff necessarily does. Yeah. So I can talk about things that I really don't know a lot about.
0: Mm hmm. What say you? What say I? Uh, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, the whole topic is the processes is the w- reward. And I think with regards to kind of that trend of, and I see it all over the place, is like, building out a cool website with cool branding, creating um, clickbaity ads, creating a room that has really cool vibes, and doing all these things that makes it look like you are really... Um, I'll say...
1: You fit the part. Yeah,
0: you fit the part, which has some value on some level. But I think what it's creating is an industry where a lot of people don't understand that doing the actual work is where the depth and the grounding and the longevity comes from. And I remember when I started um, that I would easily get wowed by someone's studio or a piece of gear or if I went to somebody's website and I saw a label name that... I recognized or a band I recognized, I would automatically kind of be like, oh, wow, this is super impressive. And probably when I started 10 years ago, um, there was probably less of it where, like, if I did see a label name, that means they actually did something with the label. Or if they yeah. really did have a, a cool picture of something in their studio, they actually had a, a full-blown studio. Um. And now there's a trend of basically you know home studios which I have no issues I have no issues with home studios if you're making the work you like and the clients like and you're not um your end goal isn't just let's see how cheap we can make an album or mm-hmm. or something like that but there is an ongoing trend that I think is frustrating a lot of new people to the industry which is With accessibility to branding, cool branding, cool photos, cool filters, cool social media, you can make it appear, obviously, that you are very successful. And I think for a lot of people who do that, mentally, they've essentially given themselves the reward already. And in reality, they haven't accomplished anything. They haven't really done the work to earn that sort of social status that we see online where people... You know, I have conversations with guys who have 10, 20, 30,000 followers who are asking me, how do I get work? And I'm like, wait, what do you mean? How do yeah. you get work? You have 20,000 followers and you take photos of gear all day. And I would assume you're super busy and booked out. And they're asking me, how do I get clients? How do I make this actually work? And it's kind of astounding how often that happens where people will ask me how I do what I do and people come to me because I think it's one of those things where like I've always preached well not always but I came to the realization after failing for multiple years of like in order to make this work and in order for me to be mentally and emotionally uh you know healthy in this industry <coughs> i've got to learn that doing the work is actually re- the reward and that every challenge i face every project i do that's actually the reward because it allows me to grow as a human and learn things about myself which is the ultimate reward is knowing yourself in my opinion is learning how you function learning what you offer people learning how you can help um you know, share people's music um, with, with the way you interpret sound, I think, is the reward. And when you start out in this industry, you focus so much on the fame or the potential fame or the Grammy or the credits or the social media following. Um, and what I've learned is like you can fake that so easily because I feel like I faked that for about two years when I started of just taking pictures of gear and trying to make it appear that I was way further ahead and that essentially I was telling myself I should be somewhere else and I'm not trusting that where I'm at right now is where I'm supposed to be. I was trying to be at the finish line when I really, I was just tying up my shoes (laughs) like I hadn't even started the race. Um, I
1: mean, what you just said is like, I think that almost like deserves repeating is like where you are is where you need to be.
0: Yeah, and we've I think we've mentioned it before but I think so. I'm a really big believer in that and it takes a long time because it to understand that because you have to actually accept your reality which may be hey, I'm just starting and I don't know a lot and I don't have any clients and I don't have any gear and I want to tell everybody like that's fine. Not only is that fine, that's super normal um, and that everyone starts from nothing. And if you begin to switch your mindset to the work I do, the journey I do, the the going from like for me, like I used to work in my parents' basement, then I worked in a laundry room and then I worked in a bedroom and now I work in a full-blown room in a room in my house that I really love you know, that that's kind of my process of rooms where, like, I went from working <laughs> in the worst conditions to, like, really great conditions, and it took 10 years, and it probably took me multiple years to finally realize that, oh, you know, working and earning things and going through the steps of going from my parents' basement to an, a really nice mastering suite in my house— that's actually the reward, not the financial gain, not the gear, not any label credits or whatever people think they may know about the most mastering brand or me. I don't give a crap about that. All I care about is doing my work every day and that has become the reward for me. Um, and that, I think that whole idea is based in gratitude. Um, And the gratitude I have is, I get to do this. How cool. We get to create something that literally didn't exist. And to be able to be a small part of that in people's music projects, like that's the ultimate reward for me. And when you live in that type of space, all the stress and pressure, for me, really goes away because I trust that projects that come my way, whether they go quote-unquote well or poorly, which I don't even really... (laughs) view poorly and bad as a thing anymore because it's all here to teach us something. Um, So that's all helpful in us becoming a whole human. But I really believe that um, that every day the work I'm doing is is the reward. That's the Grammy like already for me. And um, I just see so many people get frustrated and burnt out because they spend so much time on trying to create this appearance of success and this appearance of of vibes and that they understand the industry when in reality they don't. And I just wish people would embrace where they're at and know that a, you have lots of time. You can be super patient and, you know, people going through the journey and the process is the only way you figure out what you're actually great at. I think, and figuring out what you can actually offer people and that <coughs> takes time and that's okay. Okay. And I feel like people are missing out on the depth and the fulfillment that comes with embracing the process and the journey. So that's my opening monologue, Matt. What do you think about that? (laughs) I won't comment on
1: it. I think one of my favorite things, and I'm kind of thinking back, like a lot of the things that I've done through life. Yes. Yes. Have been things, <laughs> story time with Matt. Excellent. Let's have go. been things that you can't fake it till you make it. Mm. Um, and it's like learning how to fly. You can't really fake that. You can't really fake information that you <laughs> <laughs> like that you're like competent in it. That like you don't know because it's a solo and, and like endeavor. You can't fake that you know how to do something. It's either you know how to do it or you don't know how to do it. Um. And then you have, like, in high school, I used to wrestle. And I was like, well, you had, like, a wrestling team. It was still a very solo thing because it's you against one other person. And it comes down to your individual skill and whether or not you're able to essentially hold your own. And you may get lucky a couple times. <laughs> and hopefully with flying, you, you don't have to say that. You might get lucky a couple times. <laughs> Um, typically you won't. And then, I mean, then getting into, I mean, there are a couple other things, but then kind of getting into mastering, it's kind of interesting because you technically like you, you, you can really only fake it for so long. I don't feel like this is necessarily a field where you will last for a long time if you like keep faking it and you might fool some people. And you might fool them with a flashy YouTube channel, Instagram page, Facebook page. Is anyone still doing a lot of Facebook? Um, I mean, you you might, you might fool them for a while, but I mean, in general, like, if you're a loud person on any of those platforms, I mean, that'll catch up with you. And, I mean, you might fool some of the newer people, but... And I mean, you might be, it's kind of like the whole Wolf of Wall Street, like you might be able to make it buy on the penny stocks, but it's like eventually that's going to get old and you're going to want to kind of move up to like some, some bigger players. You're not wanting to, or or you might not even like, you might run out of penny stocks and that can't pay the bills, whether it's full-time or part-time. So, and I mean, the real currency in this whole job is time. And essentially, you're trading the time that you have, which is very limited, now turning into an existential conversation. You're taking the time that you do have in this world and you're investing it into something that you're really faking. And it's kind of like, is that really what, where you want your legacy to lie? And <clears throat> so it's like that's that's kind of the interesting thing. And I think the coolest thing... <laughs> is that the people who are really doing the work and the people who are doing the best work and the people who have that thing that I said back in the marketing episode, the key performance indicator Mm -hmm. of return clientele who are massive clients are the people who keep their head down, the people who aren't like saying, hey, look at me every day on this social media platform and just buckle down and make it happen. Mm-hmm. And it's like I had a little bit of a complex, and and I might I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the complex now, but I think we'll get into it a little bit more. Now nah, I'll 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 make a genuine segue to it. <laughs> <clears throat> so my general complex when writing this, as we're talking about all these people on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and whatnot, and it's like, well, what does that say about us having this podcast? Hmm. And it's like. Because the general notion is if you're spending all your time online, when are you working? Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like, well, every Wednesday, Sam and I sit down at, well, I guess, three central time. Yeah. Until, what is it, five central time? Yeah, two hours. Yeah, we catch up, we talk, and I mean, it's like like genuinely like... Like, genuine hilarity. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would say the first hour of this conversation, this is, this is hour two. Yes. My, my, cell phone, my, my cell signal did not work, so now we're on FaceTime audio. <laughs> and so we're joking about that and joking about a bunch of stuff. And then we get into this, and so it's like genuine community. Yes. And then we talk about an issue that we believe matters. And then uh, how long would it say, Would you say that it takes you just to put an episode together, Sam?
0: I don't know. I mean, it's basically the length of the episode usually. So I edit it quickly, but I always listen to it top to bottom. That's good. So <laughs> I like to at least listen to to, the, to it once. But that's about all so, I do is once.
1: So 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 we'll call it an hour. An hour, yeah. So so all in, we have three hours. Yeah, that's it. Where it's like, is that like a really massive point? Is that like a massive chunk of time? And that's kind of how I how I justify what we're doing as not necessarily invasive to our personal lives, business lives, wasting time. Right. And I don't think it does because I do think that there is like an inherent value. Just like even if like you're listening to this and you never meet Sam or myself, you'd probably want to meet Sam before you meet me. <laughs> um but like if you never were to meet us, my genuine hope is that you at least like leave each episode with a little bit of a sense of a community. Yeah. And that like, hey, there are other people out here who have the same issues and the same highs and lows and whatnot that that, that I have and they're getting through it and they're teaching me how to get through it. Or they're kind of demystifying this part of being an entrepreneur or being a mastering engineer or just doing whatever you're doing. Yeah. So <clears throat> um kinda kind of moving on from my complex uh my genuine cl- question is at some point you have to ask like these people who are doing this thing the whole I don't and I don't want to call it faking it till you make it because i imagine because there there is work that's being done right but at some point you do have to ask what legacy are these people trying to leave
0: mm-hmm.
1: when they spend all their day essentially preaching about being X, whether it's a mastering engineer, mix engineer, whatever they claim to be. But then they spend all their day online and on Facebook, uh, Instagram, or YouTube, trolling people, making videos and stuff like that. Like, have you ever... Like, I've never edited video. I've tried. It is... Like, I do not have the patience. I, I, like, I give it up to everyone who's a mix engineer. I couldn't do it. It's yeah. like... To me, it's to me, it's too much. But like, I can I can listen to someone's tune a couple hundred times or something like that, and it's all finished. And I mean, that'll in some regard and in some projects, it'll drive you a little nuts. But I mean, like, the question, like, do you know how much time it takes to edit a YouTube video? The answer would be longer than it takes to master an EP and make it makes right, money. Right. And so it's just like. So that that's kind of like the question I want to pose. It's like at some point like, like what legacy are these people trying to leave yeah. by being so like loud online? And I have right. the joke that like online the rule is that the loudest idiot wins. Yeah. And <laughs> that's why we post every two weeks, so that if we are loud idiots, or by we, I mean I, if <laughs> I am a loud idiot, that you only hear from me once every two weeks. <laughs> oh. Oh, God. So, I
0: guess that's a question I want to pose, Sam. <clears throat> well, I would want to start maybe with a <clears throat> thought. Excuse me. Clear my voice. I feel like I understand on some level why people spend all their time. On Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, because they've been told that that works. Um, it also, for me, like I resonate with this topic because I feel like I was this when I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of that is I. Part of it was like I didn't even know how to how to run a business. I didn't understand that. I even have a business degree, and I still didn't know what I was doing. So. I guess that speaks to the type of education I got, or it was more so I didn't pay attention. I was a terrible student.
1: Well, no, I mean, I mean, kind of going <laughs> off of that, it's like you essentially do in college, like what you're trying to figure out. It's like you're trying to run, trying to learn how to run a business when all business like a uh, business license, when all <laughs> a business degree is going to teach you is theory. Right? Like you don't really know until you go out and you do it. Yeah, and it's kind of like. It's my joke about me with a psychology degree. it's like I say that the people who are a psychology major are in there to figure out what's wrong with themselves, yeah, I mean there's a story that I tell of this psychology professor like we're at like the senior dinner and she's standing at the bar, ironically, she's the professor for abnormal psychology, and I go up to her and like or I don't go up to her, but like I stand like next to her because I think she's waiting in line to order a drink, and I'm just like, like who's she talking to? And she's straight up standing at the bar, no bartenders there, talking to herself. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh my gosh, you are abnormal. <laughs> what, is, <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> so back to your point, I mean, in terms of like what you do in college, you do what you're curious about and right. like what you want to learn, whether that is what is wrong with yourself right? or like what is wrong with business? How can I fix yeah. it? How can I do whatever?
0: Yeah. So... Yeah, the
1: motive was probably good.
0: Yeah, the motive is good and I think that's what I want to I want people to hear is like we're not shaming people that are online. Um there's no shame in that because I think there's a lot of people who are doing it out of desperation because they think this must be the way it's done because someone has sold them an idea or it's really like the the get rich quick or the pyramid scheme of if you make the website and you and you pay for some ads and you do a sales funnel and we have a formula that one guy used one time and, and we think we can stuff that into every situation. And even if the formula works, I would still go against it because I so believe that the work and the process of you figuring it out yourself is so much more rewarding than having someone else tell you how to do it. Now there's definitely wisdom that can be learned and I think there's, you know, there's lots of value in education, but I also feel like as I look back on the last 10 years, there was so much that I've learned about how I work, how I think, what makes me tick, what makes me cry, what makes me happy, what makes me anxious. I learned all that by going through the process um, and really embracing that, okay, I'm on step one and I'd like to get to step two let's stop thinking about step 10. Mm-hmm. And step 10 for a lot of people, you know, a lot of guys are selling te- step 10 right now where they're like, here's step 10, work with labels, do x y and z and work with labels. And it worked for me, so it'll work for you. And even those guys are discounting the thousands of things they did and Situations and maybe coincidences or relationships or random connections. Because the longer I'm in this, the more I realize that this whole industry and, and the old sage guys say it's like all about relationships. And it's true, and that doesn't mean networking. That means like the majority of my work has come from the most random connections and relationships, like things about talking about pizza or my dog or my wife babysits a family who knows someone who knows someone who gives me a chance and then I get to do something and then a label hears it because that person knew that person and then I'm making tea in a session and then I'm engineering the session because someone got sick. It's like all these things are (laughs) part of the process and that process makes this fun. And I think for the people that, you know, are online all day talking about whatever they want to talk about, tutorials, um, how the music industry works, buy my book, buy my book, buy my my free ebook. Yeah. All of that stuff, I think they're doing it out of desperation because they are so hungry to figure this thing out. And unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of these people I have helped. Well, not a lot, it's probably just a sliver you know of people that are frustrated with the industry and the way it functions and their and what they're doing in it um, they realize it doesn't work because they've spent all their time creating content instead of creating actual music and getting better at their craft and I'm such a big believer in the quality over the quantity. And I will preach this until I die because I'm a testimony to it of like, you only need like 10 great busy clients to make a killing in this industry. And that's all it takes is like 10 people in the whole world who are full-time at a studio. Like for me mastering, once I got like 10 mixers who were busy full-time, which means they're doing probably two to five songs a week. And they're sending me all their work. If you do the math, it just, it works. Like it adds up so quickly.
1: Oh, and you're slammed.
0: Yeah, and you're busy. And then anything after that is like just abundance beyond. And for me, for some reason, I didn't think of that or no one told me that when I started was like, why don't you focus on finding really great people. And while you're trying to find this, know that what you're doing, like figuring out who your great, your ideal client is, figuring out what you like to do, this is actually the work and the reward that you're looking for. And I think a big thing that shifted for me a few years ago, and I don't, I can't remember when it happened. I'm sure I didn't think of this idea, but maybe I did. Actually, I'm sure I didn't (laughs) because there's nothing new under the sun. But I remember having this conversation with an artist who was talking about wanting to perform and, you know, focusing all their time on this performance coming up. And I remember just telling them, like, you're missing it. Like, you're about to perform for 17 minutes. What are you doing with the other seven days of this week? Like, Mm. (laughs) there is so much going on in the process to where these people's focus, when your focus is on the reward, like the paycheck, The paycheck comes, and then it goes. That's how this world works. There's a flow in the universe. Things come in, and things go out. That's very normal. The hoarding mentality doesn't work. (laughs) Like, I don't believe in that. So, like, a paycheck comes in. You see it go in your bank account. You get, like, a dopamine hit. You feel good. And then you have to pay your bills the next week, and it goes out. And that's fine. Or, like, you get the Grammy, so you're on TV for 12 to 30 seconds, and they cue music over your speech, and then they cut you out. Like <laughs> That's the reward. And the, the reward parts are such small blips in our lifetime that when your focus is those rewards, when you even achieve those rewards, they become so disappointing because they're so small and you've missed the actual reward, which is the process and all the other hours and minutes and seconds that lead up to that one little minute of fame or post on Instagram that you get to say, I worked on so-and-so's album and you post it and you know, everyone's going to know that name and you get a thousand likes or 300 likes. And then the next day, no one cares. (laughs) Like that's just kind of the reality we're in. And, I think what I've learned in this industry is like if you are basing your career on the reward, on the highs, like you're going to have a roller coaster. And if you're able to make the mindset shift to embracing the process, like when I get a song, one of my favorite things is just dumping it into the session and listening to it and saving it and creating the folder and organization. I love organization and that all like gets me way more jazz now than actually like getting the email back that's like hey you crushed the master. Like I'm like, oh, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I knew I was going to do that because I put in the freaking work. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I know it's great. You don't have to tell me it's great. I have the self-confidence I've done the work over the last 10 years to know that whatever I'm sending you is an example of the best work I can do at this point. <clears throat> and I think if you start to view everything that way, you know, the legacy I feel like I'm trying to leave for people is is basically like embrace this whole concept of the work you're doing is for you, where you're where you're at right now is where you're supposed to be. Being present is the best way to live. And I want people to know that. And I think, you know, the legacy that other people are doing by spending their time online, they're I think they want the same thing. They're just going about it completely um wrong and i feel like i don't know i feel like you eventually will realize that that doesn't work and obviously there's always exceptions in life where a few people are like ah oh, it worked for me i'm the i'm the you know success story of this guy's program or this guy's whatever i followed and that's fine like i'm fully willing to admit there's 10 people who had success stories but for the 99% of other people who tried it and it didn't work um you know i want them to know that that's normal and that really this the the way you get fulfillment and success and leave a legacy is by investing into the work every day investing into the process even like embedding codes you know isrc codes and metadata to me used to be so painful and now i view it as like oh man if I'm at this stage, this means I've nailed the masters and we are wrapping yep. another successful project. This is like the sprinkles, like the codes are now the sprinkles and the metadata is like the cherry on top and it's like this is terrific and 5 years ago I'd be like, "Oh, I hate this. I just want to hire this out. This sucks. This is why do I have to do this? It's such a waste of my time. I just want the, you know, to move on and paycheck." And it's like, "Why am I in such a hurry? Like what what am I trying to do?" and i think when i looked at myself then it, it was i just want another project that i can post on instagram for someone to think i'm cool and right now metadata is holding me up <laughs> like <laughs> hire someone else i'm way more important than metadata mm. and that's just oh it's just such a prideful ego thing and you know i used to do that and feel that way and i don't anymore and it doesn't even mean like I was doing bad work and neglecting or not giving it my 100%. It's just, I was always feeling like unfulfilled when I would wrap a project and then I would have that stress of, oh my gosh, I got to get another project in. And it'd just be this cycle of highs and lows. And unless I got heavily rewarded, it's kind of like having a dog. Like, unless you heavily reward your dog and praise him, he gets all sad and stressed and anxious. And, you know, with me having a puppy, it's, the way you combat that is basically desensitizing it and teaching the dog that like being present essentially is fine and being alone is fine. And that if I don't praise you like crazy, it doesn't mean I don't love you or you're not good enough, (laughs) you know? So that's a little side dog tangent. But anyway, I think, you know, for the people that are doing it, doing the Facebook thing, the loudest voice in the room, it's, it's probably all pointing to an inner desire to be seen and heard, um, and to be fulfilled. And I kind of, I resonate that with that for sure, but I found the way to combat those feelings of, of wanting to be seen and heard has actually been found in, in the process of doing the work, um, and learning things about myself and learning how to improve my craft. Um, so those are my that's my monologue number two for the day. I'm on a roll. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Matt?
1: I mean, I really think you nailed it all. Oh, um, excellent! Hammer nail. I mean, I really don't have, <laughs> I really don't have anything to to add. Like, I cringed whenever you said the word network because mm. I because I hate the word network. It's so cringeworthy and uh, it is. trashy. And
0: it's not a great not word for Early the 2000s. Yeah. It's, it's uh, just an excuse to get shit-faced and Name drop I agree. It's not yeah. very effective anymore. I don't know if it ever was, but I would say modern-day networking events I've been to are just... It's. I feel like I'm in high school again, which is why I stopped going to pretty much every event. Um, yeah, when
1: I was running the cigar shop, they had a chamber of commerce, business owners, networking event, young professionals, like that (laughs) BS. And like everyone, no kidding, was standing in a circle, massive circle of like 30 people. And everyone was saying what they did. And it's like they were like, no kidding, working for like a staffing firm. And they're just a staffer at a staffing firm. And there's nothing wrong if you do that. Right. But they were doing that. But they were like putting some crazy like title to it like as if like they did something greater than what they do yeah and that they don't make the paycheck that they make and so when everything got around to me I was they're like uh, okay and uh, what's your name I was like uh, Matt Garber and like okay and uh, what do you do and I was like I'm a uh, VCR repairman and TV tube uh, yeah I'm a VCR I'm, I'm a TV tube and VCR repairman <laughs> and they're like uh <laughs> And it's like I was like next. (laughs) It's just like I don't like I don't need this. Yeah, like this is such bullshit. I hate networking. Yeah, it's so stupid. But yeah, no, I (laughs) I think you covered like literally everything that I wanted to talk
0: about. Lovely. I want you to talk about our next point, which is business or hobby or both. Like, because you had spoke about that earlier today when we were texting, and I feel like you have a good handle on that.
1: Well, I mean, whenever you start things, and this is more going for like an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial side of things, or because I, I guess if like you're actually working in a mastering studio, or if you're actually employed by a studio, and you don't, this isn't necessarily. I mean, for the sake of argument, currently it's not a hobby; it's it's a business, and that's how it, that's how it runs. Um, but I mean, you're starting out, and you. So i I'll just I'll just say me. So me starting out, you're essentially collecting all of the pieces you need in order to make something work. Um I had, I I'd been around enough studios and done enough things and had engineering credits uh helping out on records and whatnot to know that like I need solid monitoring and I need really solid uh acoustic treatment. So let's collect that. Okay, now what's gonna control the monitoring? And what are the monitors going to sit on because they're not sitting on my desk because we know that we're going to get resonances or resonations off of the desk and stuff like that. And then you have like reflections you have to deal with. And so it's like, okay, I'm going to go with the person who makes the best monitor stands. We're going to go get sound anchors and then we're going to get good cabling. And, and then you essentially see how like the the pieces build. So you, so you kind of build the pieces and then... Um, i'm not necessarily like my room isn't anything necessarily like sexy um it's very utilitarian it's <clears throat> uh this is i think my third room i've been in here for about three years now and uh it's literally in the office that i work in every day from nine to five in another business that i started that i don't talk about on this <laughs> podcast because um, it's not important um but it's literally the office that I work in. And I mean, there's nothing really sexy about it. I guess, unless you put a black and white filter
0: on it. I'd say your room looks sexy on Instagram. No, there's nothing <laughs> sexy about this room.
1: So I literally, like, everything is tuned by ear. I mean, of course, there's like little tiny things that suck about it. Like, I have a drop in ceiling and stuff like that. So, like, the grid above is like, like all drop in ceilings, it's like hung on a wire. So it's like you play a 40 hertz, like, note or... No, go go lower. Call it, like, 26 to, like, 28. I mean, you're going to hear, like, the wires in the ceiling rattle and stuff like that. But it's like you just know it and you compensate for it. And it's mm-hmm. like it's not perfect, but whatever, screw you, and you move on. <laughs> it's like that's what you do when you're starting out. Right. So it's like so like you're assembling all these pieces, and then eventually, like you will have clientele. And if you do the things that we say to do in the How to Get Clients and How to Market Yourself episode, you will get clients and you'll like be able to figure all that out. But at some point, I mean, you have to decide, is this a business that's going to make money or is it going to be just keep on spending on gear? Um, <clears throat> and there's nothing wrong with either one of those approaches. Um, I do the... Uh, I do the version currently, at least like in my business plan, I have it currently set up so that I don't want this business to make, I don't want it to turn a profit for a while. And it's a business strategy that essentially, I mean, you can use it for tax liability. You can use it for really whatever. And it's like, while I'm building, I'm. it's like any business, you just reinvest into the business. Most, most businesses, especially small businesses do not turn a profit for at least the first five years. So if you're turning a profit and you're below year five, then you are above the 50th percentile Mm -hmm. on the bell curve, Um, which is kind of nice. You can probably... Everyone probably knows what that means because everyone works with bell curves. Right. Right. (laughs) So that's nice. Not statistical ones, but in general, you know what a parabolic arc is? Okay, good. So we're making ground. So... But at some point, you have to decide, and what I is what I am doing a business or a hobby, um, and I don't think that it's wrong um, to think that, or to like to be so gung ho about what you're doing as a business that you love it so much, and that it is also your hobby. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But there needs to be a little bit of a separation saying, I'm doing this for business. I want clients. I'm not just creating this room to just sit in here and listen to music, which you can do, and that's fine. But, I mean, if you're bankrupting your family and you're like, and it should obviously be contributing back or something like that, and it's like you could be putting this gear and all this money you're putting into it somewhere else to better financially benefit your family, then that might be another conversation. Um or if you're putting yourself into extreme amounts of debt in order to accumulate this, then it's probably more destructive than it is helpful. And of course everyone's like, oh well I'm going to like I'm going to pay all this debt off. Well of course you are. <laughs> you have to. Right. But it's like Oh, there, there there there's there's several ways there's several ways that you can take it but i would suggest to treat it like a business but essentially figure out how you want that business to run is it a business that for that you want to turn a profit immediately is it something that you want it to not turn a profit and you want to show a loss nothing is wrong with showing a loss i think amazon hasn't shown a profit like at all ever since starting and it's just a business tactic and it's essentially a way to, essentially, you, you can use you primarily use it to evade taxes, um, not evade, but like you, you just write more. You essentially spend more than you than you make, mm-hmm. um, and it's a tactic to, and and how to do things. I don't think Tesla has shown a profit yet. Actually, they might have just they might have just squeaked a profit by, um, but it's like with me. It's like I want to keep on investing because eventually you get to a place with your gear and whatnot to where it's like I've found something that genuinely can work in just about every situation. And it's like you're going to have those people who are going to be shuffling gear the rest of their life, and I understand that. And I was watching a video with uh, Greg Calby up at Sterling and he was saying you know i'll buy like a new piece of gear like i'll try to do it like like one piece of gear a year which like god bless him cuz like that's <laughs> that's difficult enough <laughs> to like not not just just buy one piece of gear like a year um it's like as opposed to just like being a vacuum and just consuming <laughs> as much as you can um but i think like i think that would eventually be my goal and it's like yeah let's kind of see like where gear is going is there any any tool out there that could help me get a better result and possibly quicker than what I'm doing and increase my or improve my workflow mm-hmm. so I think that's cool um, but I mean eventually you will want that that business to turn a profit i mean and if it is a hobby and it is generating money, then technically it is a business and I mean that's obviously like the way that you would really ideally want to go is from a hobby that is generating money to that is a business. <laughs> and something that like is a legal entity that is reputable by <laughs> multiple uh multiple authorities. So <laughs> besides just you and uh your friends drinking beer on a couch in the back of your your hobby studio. <laughs> so but it is possible to have a business and a hobby and I would I would ultimately say it is a hobby if it is something that you love. It's a business if it's something that uh, you're doing out of necessity. I just had like crazy deja vu, like saying this. i like, <laughs> it's like, I typed this up this afternoon. Right. Like, <laughs> it's like, it literally just says business or hobby. And I was like, wow, I feel like I've seen this before. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, ideally, you'd want to go from hobby into business, a hobby that is generating a positive cash flow that you can then reinvest somewhere else, whether that is gear and. Uh, you essentially create some type of a uh, financial strategy with that or you essentially invest it back into the owner of the legal entity or the company, i.e. you, and then you can then benefit from that. Um, but if it is a business and it is run like a business, then typically it was created out of some type of necessity. But I imagine that most people who would be listening to this would be listening uh that they didn't create their studio out of a necessity they mm-hmm. created it out of some type of a uh, a love that they have for what they do and i mean i created mine because i love i love solving problems for people and i love helping people and i love like making people smile at not necessarily something that i did but essentially being able to help them like see like i don't know what is it it would be, I love like that moment when you get that email back and it's like, of course, a little shot of dopamine of like, dude, I love this master. Mm. But it's not because of that shot of dopamine like that like I want that. It's because I love that they are in even more love with what they originally sent me. yeah, And that they had the trust in me to essentially like take this and then essentially bring it up to where either their expectation was or to exceed that. Mm-hmm. So and that, and that's why I do that. And that was the hobby for me. And then turning that into a business is just I mean that's just gravy. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm sure I rambled a ton. Uh that's what I do. But <laughs> that's uh that's kind of where I am. What about you, Sam? Well,
0: I mean I I feel like when I started I would say music was a hobby when I first started because I was so young. (laughs) I don't know. I was 19 or 20 when I got my MacBook and I started making hip-hop beats. And now I'm 31. And then I started selling tracks within a year. Um, And then I did the whole band thing. And then that led to the studio thing. Um I don't know for me as soon as I got my MacBook even though it was a hobby um I felt very very clear that this was what I was going to do which uh-huh. is interesting to have that clarity and I I maybe if I was 19 or 20 if I could go back I would see that I didn't have that clarity but looking back on it now it's very clear that that is what I wanted to do cuz that's how I spent my time and resources from then on to this day. Um, But yeah, it's it's an interesting thing of, you know, when I started, it was hobby with kind of the mindset of doing this for a living. And then I started, I remember I made my first $100 on selling three hip-hop beats to a guy. He paid me in cash at my apartment, and I pretty much cried because <laughs> I was like, mm. <laughs> I was making like 12 bucks an hour doing marketing for salons in Chicago. Um, and, uh, you know, that was out of the recession and there weren't really jobs for people like us. And um, I think that was, for me, probably the switchover of like, the first time I got 100 bucks for three tracks, that probably took me three hours to make total, like yeah. an hour of track. Um, you know, and you make 33 bucks an hour, essentially. Now, obviously, that doesn't take into account the couple of years of learning how to make tracks and that time, um, which has value on some level. But a light bulb definitely went off that day of like, oh, my gosh, I could, I could do this. This is doable. Like I made more money today than I did in two days of working at this other company Hmm. Um, and I think with that, you know, that was, you know, an instant reward. Um, I didn't, I wasn't thinking anything of the process of becoming hobby to business. I was much, very much thinking about money, but I think getting that reward, you know, and this could be like. I don't know, just another side or something to think about within this whole topic is like getting compensated is nice. <laughs> like, I guess I want people to hear that too is like, it's fine to be excited if you get payment and you win a Grammy. Like I would probably cry on stage if I win a Grammy just because more so because I know the process and work that went into it. Um, and I think that's probably how a lot of people are on stage as they think back hopefully to to all the work they put in and it wasn't just a fluke because that'd be super unfulfilling, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, I think having that little affirmation early on, you know, like year one into it of selling beats um, really gave me the encouragement that if I do embrace the process and do embrace the work that's required that I could be selling beats for you know, a hundred a piece and then 500 a piece and 1, a thousand piece. And, you know, once you get in this industry, you can, at least I try to tell people, I'm like, there's actually, I, I believe there's plenty of work and plenty of money um, oh, to yes. go around. And I think, you know, this goes to the our whole topic here of like, I'm only where I'm at. Um, and financial things is such a, a measurement we use in society. And it is a helpful measurement. It's like what we talk about, you talk about map rate of return or, you know, key indicator points. Um, but I think, you know, the only way I've made the money I've made or whatever, and is because I've embraced the work and the process. And, um, you know, part of embracing the work in process is just the slow burn of keeping your head down and working. And for me, um, that's how I've discovered that there's plenty of work because the people that that are really busy have had a hard time finding someone like me who enjoys the process
1: Hmm. and
0: doesn't want to spend all their time on the internet talking about what they are. I don't do that a whole lot. I spend most of my time working. Like if you follow me on Instagram, people think I'm really active on Instagram. My story is like one minute a day to like three. <laughs> and that's about all I'm Stories on. are simple
1: too. Yeah, I mean, and that's, that's how it's
0: designed. So just like right. a quick snippet. But I know plenty of people in town who spend hours upon hours trying to craft the perfect post and the perfect story, and they retake it, and they shoot it, and they pre-shoot it and edit it. And, you know, I like Gary V for a lot of things he does with business and marketing, and he was talking, I, I remember one time, about basically, like, focus on um, something like creating content over perfection is the idea of just... Just share people, share with people what you're actually doing in real life, and that's who wins right now. Hmm. And that's kind of what I do. Is I take he a, goes
1: a bit overboard too with content? Yeah,
0: it's he's like, he's a content. I
1: probably follow him, king. and unfollow him twelve times right. in a year. <laughs> exactly,
0: that's kind of how I am. Um, but that's kind of what I do. Is like I just I post. You know, I started this year posting my day by the hour, which has been really an interesting social experiment of. I literally have people now that will message me and be like, at this point you should be at the gym. Are you at the gym? And I'm like, oh my gosh, uh. I'm at the gym.
1: Well, so like, Because they saw your schedule.
0: Yeah, or like I had a guy show up at Stay Golden when I was there the other day. He's like, I saw it on your schedule you'd be here. He's like, so I came over and I was like, cool. What? So, which is fine, is it not
1: crazy? Was it that weird, like no. as it feels? And
0: no, it doesn't feel weird. It's like people I really know. It hasn't oh, okay. been anyone like totally out of left field. Um, Yikes! Yeah, if that happens, that may be a little. That'll be an interesting thing. You may should just stop posting. your <laughs> no, schedule am going keep Instagram. doing it. I like it. Um, but basically, what I'm trying to say is, like, I I found like there's plenty of work and plenty of money because, like I said, my success has come from literally people telling me, like, you do the work on time, you communicate, and you solve problems that most people can't and it's so silly because really the people that I see win in this industry and do well are the people that just literally show up on time over and over again because Mm -hmm. the majority of people here don't want to show up on time day after day they want to go online they want to I don't know go hang out with someone else who has a Grammy and take a photo of that Grammy and post it like it's they spend all their time trying to make the appearance of success and, and all that. And, it, you know, obviously there's nothing to back it up. And I try to help people understand that if you're willing to see this as a long-term vision of like, you know, I'm 30. I've already been doing this for 10 years. I'm probably going to live to at least 80, I bet. Maybe even forever, depending on what science figures out in robotics. <laughs> which is a whole other topic. But, that sounds terrible. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, I have probably at least 50 years and I'll probably, I'm assuming I take care of my ears, so they'll probably stay with me until at least 60 or 70, I bet. So, you know, when you think about that, I've got anywhere from like 30, 30 to 40 more years of this. I'm literally just getting started, even at you know, 10 years of kind of doing the music thing and I'm doing it to what the world would call very successfully. And my formula is, has been when I started seeing results that paid the bills that got me, I'll say, um, more of the clients I wanted that were a better fit for me and the type of genres I wanted to do. It's, it really came from embracing the process of embracing and trusting that if I keep doing the work I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, if I show up every day, even when I feel like there's nothing to do, there's always something to do. Remaster a song, you know. test out signal flow, reverse everything I do, clear every preset. There's always things to learn that I find later on if I store them in like my mental tool belt that are super helpful. Hmm. And I think that's you know, that's for me what worked and that's what changed it from a hobby to a business. And I think for me too, like, there's rarely a time now where I, I get tired or want to quit what I'm doing because I love the work so much. You know, it's like, when I have maybe a slow, I was telling Matt before this episode kind of like a slow week because it was Grammy week and a lot of my my clients I was waiting on were busy with Grammy stuff and people have parties and events and things just kind of get pushed to the side and then I'm waiting on things to come in and then they don't come in. so then I, you know, on paper, it looks like I waste a day or two, which equals money. But there's always things to do. and you know, I was a little frustrated, but at the same time, where that could be really defeating and frustrating, I just thought, well, how cool. I have some time. Let's work on some old stuff. Let's review some material. Let's prep for the for the sessions. Let's get everything really dialed in. Let's try out some signal flows. And once I started doing that, my whole mood changed and everything changed. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is what I actually like. You know, it's a, it's... <laughs> This is this is why I do what I do because I like to create an experiment and and learn things for my own benefit um, because that's what gives me joy and fulfillment and I think if you begin to view your work like that you're rarely going to have a time where where you feel like you want to quit you rarely feel like I mean I guess I don't know I don't really feel like what I do is a is a Business. I don't know what I do is a business. I definitely function as a business. Um, but I don't know. The everything. I just used be- to
1: have a flight instructor who said, "If you love what you do, you never work a day in your yeah, life." Yeah, I mean that's. I think that's
0: what you're getting. That's at. basically what I'm saying is, within that every day I work. You know, it is tiring, but that I I would like to change the viewpoint of work and the purpose of life to be like not retirement, but more so you know, retirement to me, the whole American dream of, of trying to retire and save up all this money to hopefully be able to spend it when you're old or whatever. I don't, I struggle with that because I, I've started to love what I do so much Mm -hmm. that to me, ending it and retiring sounds like a hell to me. Um, and, I'm very grateful and lucky that I figured out what I like doing currently for this season of life, and it may change down the road. I don't know, Um, but I think that's that is kind of what I'm saying. Is like if you're, you will enjoy the process, and the process will become the reward when you finally find yourself in your lane doing what you actually love doing. I think there's a lot of people in the music industry that are not supposed to be in the music industry. Um, they've, they've joined it because they think it will bring them fame or they think it'll bring them affirmation. Or I think for a lot of our generation, we desire to be seen and heard. And I think we grew up being given things instead of given actual relationships and attention. Hmm. And I think for a lot of my, my peers between their twenties and mid thirties, millennials, we struggle with, um, a a lot of different social things. And I think a lot of it is because we were never really seen and heard, um, because we were spoiled on some level. And I think spoiled with things, um, can leave a big gap in your, in your mental and emotional stability of, I actually don't need things. I need to be seen and heard. I need relationships and I need to learn how to embrace the work. And I don't know if we were taught that very well. And, That to me is a big reason why I see people join the music thing and I think that's a big reason why I see them instead of putting in the work they're on Instagram being the loudest voice in the room or on the internet or, you know, because they're just basically what they're really yelling is, hey, someone noticed me. I need relationships. (laughs) Mm. I need community. I need depth. And this is the only way I know that seems to do something for me right now. But I know at the end of the day, this is all fake. <laughs> like, Instagram's going to be gone at some point. And Facebook will be gone. All that will be gone probably in the next, I don't know, 10 years. Who knows? And then I mean, if you think about it, like,
1: the way that everything's going is, like, Facebook doesn't look like it's doing too well, but guess who owns Instagram?
0: So, yeah, it's like if Facebook goes, like, how far back is Instagram? Right. But, yeah, I mean... Whether it's a business or hobby, it kind of shifts. And and I, I've always kind of described like a, you know, it's only a business when you're actually making money because that's how we determine in America or the world how a business usually functions. Obviously, what you talked about of not showing profit is part of good business, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I guess for people listening, like I want them to be encouraged <laughs> that doing the work even though it's not as sexy or glamorous, that's, that's the reward. And if you can start to think about it all being a gift and Matt and I preach this of like the work is a gift to be able to work is a blessing. Um, And if you start to approach everything that way, everything gets lighter and and it's less stressful and the competition kind of dies out and you're no longer in a rush and you no longer live in a place of urgency and, you no longer really care if your room is vibey for Instagram, and you no longer really need to say a lot of things on the internet because you already know you're in the place you're supposed to be doing the work you're supposed to be doing. And um, you're hopefully learning wisdom and actually applying it as opposed to just reading it and reposting it. Um, and I think that, you know, if people can start to embrace that. I think most people will find themselves in a much healthier place and they'll be enjoying the work they're doing a lot better. You know, for me, I found myself to be way more um, happy and consistent. It doesn't mean I have, you know, I have plenty of quote unquote rough days, but overall, when I started to apply this idea that the process is the reward, I I found myself really loving what I do. And um, I feel like it it's sustainable for that 30 to 40 years that I'm talking about. And I feel like before when I was basing everything so much on a reward or being seen online, that's just not sustainable. I found myself so tired and so exhausted. And I think that's where a lot of people are at right now. Um, And it's a little weird to shift out of that mindset because I think your brain does get trained obviously with social media and it's pretty good research about the dopamine hits that happen. And I think for a while, you know, for me, when I kind of shifted, I felt alone and isolated and kind of like, oh, I kind of miss getting all the hearts and likes and interactions and being able to spout out online something to make my ego feel good. Like I accomplished something that day, even if I didn't have work. Um, but, uh, you know, we're really resilient. And I found within like a month or two – I found myself much happier and also accomplishing a lot more personally and improving my skill more than I ever had. And the work got better and and my clients, I think, got a better end product. And I've just been doing mm-hmm. that now for a lot of years and, and I see the fruit of it now. So I would encourage everyone, like for me just wrapping up, I'm, I'm pretty much done with everything to say on this episode, but just trusting the process, trusting the work, trusting where you're at is where you need to be And um, if you want to be online, help create a a community that's encouraging um, and share real life with people because that's, to me, how you really connect and you want to talk about like modern networking or using social media correctly. I've gotten more work from talking about pizza and coffee and my dog and random things than I ever did when I was trying to help people or trying to show off gear or give a tip on how I do something and... It just, it's just a lot of noise. And so if I start to talk about pizza, because I'm obsessed with pizza and creating pizza and making pizza, and I'm obsessed <laughs> with my dog. When you start to talk about those things, that connects with people because it's real life. And that's a part of my process of my day is, is playing with my dog. Talking about pizza. Talking about pizza. I'm passionate about pizza. <laughs> I'm glad you've gotten over the kale salads, and now we can have an honest conversation. No, 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 no. I do.
1: Hey, kale. No, we we're over this. We just discussed it.
0: I'm obsessed with kale salad too.
1: No, you can be obsessed with both.
0: Put kale on my pizza.
1: No, that's a sin.
0: (laughs) So anyway, (laughs) that's my third monologue, and that's all I have for today, Matt. Cool.
1: One last thing that I guess we'll kind of wrap up with, not that it's even worthy to be wrapped up with, but whenever anyone is going through, like, uh, call it, like, a dry spell or something like that, like, you don't have work or you're, like, in between or you get a bunch of stuff pushed back and stuff like that, I mean, everybody feels that whole junk. Yes. That, like, a little bit of, like, depression and stuff like that, like, I mean it's pretty rampant. I mean, December is just inherently a slow month and I had it pretty well booked out like in anticipation because the year prior, I was like, well, crap, I got nothing going on. <clears throat> um, Had it booked out and literally everything pushed to January. And so, I mean, you're just kind of going through this like Eeyore, like, oh, well, I'll never have any business again. <laughs> I built all this and well, that last year was my year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like all all that crap. And it's like, I've generally found that Uh, whenever you have a slow time that's life's way of telling you to quit being a crazy freaking monkey online (laughs) and literally just take a freaking rest absolutely and it's like because I mean if you don't take that time to rest you're going to be mid like you're going to be neck deep in stuff and you're like man why did I like continue this stupid grind BS like during that time, when I in like faking all this junk, when I could have literally legitimately been resting and like brushing up on stuff and reading articles and like having genuine conversation with people and literally just resting, and that, that could even mean doing nothing. Mm-hmm. So I feel in general, and I mean, my my wife had like a like some downtime and the stuff that she was doing, and I said, I think this is like every time I have downtime, this is life's way of saying. Just seriously, just take a rest, yeah, and because what is about to come is going to be unsustainable if you do not rest, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying that i've ever that I've found that to be wrong, but even if I am wrong, I've never really uh, I, I there are very few times in my life when I've rested and when I've been like, man, I really wish I hadn't have done that, <laughs> so i mean it's a it's a calculated rest, so it's kinda like kindergarten. It's like nap time. Pull out a carpet square, <laughs> chill the hell out, get a juice box, some crackers, take a nap. Absolutely. That's all I gotta say, Sam. It's perfect. This episode's done. Boom. It's way over time. We've done it. Yeah, it's over. Here we go. All right. I think this is a good episode. Oh, I'm I'm great. actually Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with how everything turned out. Agreed. And- I hope it's received well and Yes. You did a great job, Sam. Oh well thank you, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I like being a firm, so that's great. Thank you. <laughs> if anyone if anyone or everyone liked what you heard, go on iTunes or wherever you're listening and uh, like it, comment. Comments are, are way better, so you should comment. Comment. If you yeah. don't like what we're talking about or if you disagree, shoot us an email and let's talk about it. Absolutely. And if it's like if we sucked enough we'll talk about it on <laughs> on the next podcast so besides that thank you so much for listening um and yeah I don't think I have anything else to say Sam do you have anything else to say that's all I'm done that's all I'm just waiting right. for you just waiting on me so don't you just don't drag this out anymore just just wrap just up. wrap alright alright whatever y'all are having morning afternoon evening y'all have a darn good one Catch you in the next episode. Sam, cue the music. Cue Zip it up. Zip. Pack up the baggage. It's done here. Cue the music. Cue Perfect. No more unzipping. It's all that zipped up. That was disgusting. It's all zipped up. That was disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> Bye.